baby, I want you now, now, oh, now, <laughs> and hold on fast. <laughs> Christian, do you need to take a moment? Do you need a I'm serious. Rest? It's carnal. It's carnal. This song is Christian like, be because right it's back, reaching. Hello, world, there's a song that we're singing. Come on, get happy. A whole lot of loving is what we'll be bringing. We'll make you happy. Welcome to season two of the Pop Culture Preservation Society, the podcast for people born in the big wheel generation who taped songs off of AM radio and fell in love at the roller rink. We believe our Gen X childhoods gave us unforgettable songs, stories, characters, and images. And if we don't talk about them, they'll disappear like Marshall, Will, and Holly on a routine expedition. And today, we will be saving the man who made us all wish we had been named Mandy. He is music, and he writes the songs. He is Barry Manilow. I'm Carolyn. I'm Kristen. And I'm Michelle. And we are your pop culture preservationists. Welcome to the second season of our little podcast that could... When we started this adventure just six months ago, it was a lark, an experiment. We had no idea if anyone would listen. And frankly, at that point, I just didn't care because we just wanted to speak our truth and we cared deeply about those common Gen X experiences we had growing up. And we had no idea there would even be a season two. And so looks like we made it. Looks like we made it. Sorry to interrupt. No, that's okay. I'm glad you sang it because I... I can't not do it. I love it. Um, And you guys, we have all of our fun PCPS members to thank for this. We are so grateful for them listening and engaging with us. It's crazy, you guys. I can't believe we have a season two. And it's so fun. And you know, I think our little hiatus was good. We all kind of needed to recharge. But you guys, I have felt for the past like 24 hours, 48 hours, like first day of school excitement. I know, me too. To be back here mm-hmm, in my closet talking to you guys. <laughs> in your closet. Seeing you and seeing your, I mean, we've seen each other, but it's just so fun to be having these conversations again. I'm so excited. And I keep I keep going on and on about the importance of age mates. And what we've found here is a community of age mates. Mm-hmm. And these are finding people who all experienced the same thing that we did at the same time that we de- that we did. And that has real meaning. And I think that's one thing that has really elevated the meaning of what we're doing here. Even though it's loads of fun and it's super um, like frivolous and stuff, I still feel like what we're doing is really important for a lot oh, of people. I agree. Is what we found I, out. I agree. We just love when you send us messages on Instagram or write the reviews on Apple Podcasts um, because we are so grateful and it's such a shock to us that you're listening to (laughs) our silly conversations. But we think it's so much fun and we feel such a a connection to you guys, too. You are our people. That's Mm -hmm. what we found out. You are our people. And that feels great. So thank you. Yes, it feels so great. And we have no doubt that you are probably just as excited about this episode today as we are. So now on with our countdown. 
His elaborately orchestrated ballads pierced the hearts of pretty much anyone who owned a radio between 1973 and 1982. The soaring choruses, the mellifluous voice, the romantic despair, the key changes. So many key changes. <laughs> it was impossible to turn away. And it wasn't just us kids. It was moms and babysitters and sometimes even grandmas. My seven-year-old brother spent all of his money, $19, on a Barry Manilow double album set. Wow. And there's a word for people like us. We are fanalos. Fans of Barry Manilow, loud and proud, no matter how lame you pretended he was in high school. <laughs> I'm a fanalo because that voice spoke to so many people with so much feeling. When he sang about his weekend in New England, I felt <laughs> legitimately sad. And then I would look across the dinner table and my grandma would look legitimately sad, too. We were all listening and we were all sad. Exactly. And my name is Michelle and I'm a fanalo because <laughs> I feel like I should be standing up at a podium. Right. Hello. My, my story name is Michelle. Is, I'm a fanalo because I'm a fanalo. Um it's I feel like not only are they beautiful and singable, but his voice and his songs are yeah. the soundtrack of my childhood. Do you guys, man, I loved to perform to Barry Manilow <laughs> and not just singing and dancing. Like, man, I mean, the groovy ones like Jump Shout Boogie and It's a Miracle. I had whole choreographed routines, but oh, I'd go into full on dramatic roles with the ballads and I would like look gazingly at like as if someone was singing to me and I'd sing back. So I just... Barry Manilow and his voice just is is my childhood a lot. Yeah. Oh, Michelle, yeah. we should have hung out. If I had <laughs> no. met you when we were eight, yeah, we, would have, had we would have had a really good time. And we, we would have, have so hung out with routines. me. Yes. Well, don't leave me out. <laughs> yes. yes. Carolyn, you can be the backup dancer. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Maybe not even on the stage. I probably should just be off. A like, roadie? Holding the, the video roadie? camera. <laughs> the roadie. You could have been our manager. <laughs> There you go. Um, yeah, because to follow up with um, what you were saying, Michelle, for me, when I really think about Barry Manilow songs, I think about the stories. Like I created those characters in my mind. Those characters were people. They had faces. Um, that narrative, I just followed it. Um, it's like a little mini movie would play in my head. I, I could literally see Barry waving goodbye and then back in Boston, sitting on the end of a bed, wondering... When will his eyes meet hers? Oh, and when can he touch her? Oh. When will this strong yearning end? I mean, I can feel that yearning in my throat and my chest right now. Yes. That was yeah. so powerful. Yeah. Uh, I can just feel it in my gut. I just love the way he could tell a story. And he made us believe the story. Oh, my gosh, You believe yes. it. You weren't just listening to a story. You fell for it completely. Well, he sold it. He I sold mean, it. he really did. And yeah. I have my whole theory on a lot of those songs and how he sold it, because I think he really felt some of this um, at the time. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of fanalos out there. My friends Amy and Amy are my fanalo friends. Do you guys have a lot of Amy friends? I have so no, many No, but we've Amy's. talked about this. Remember, my middle name is Amy. Oh, yes, it's you're It's the French spelling. Right. I'm M.A., so and I have the so, two really right, popular names. I literally have like five or six Amy's in my life. So right <laughs> around 1970, Amy was like the it name. So I have um, my family friends are Amy number one and Amy number two. Um, Amy number one, <laughs> whose given name is Amanda. I asked her why she Ooh. was a fanalo, and she said, I'm a fanalo because of his beautiful hair and because as a technical Amanda... I thought the song Mandy was just for me. 
Which, if you were, you know, six, seven, eight years old, and you heard a whole song about Mandy, you're in. Mm -hmm. You are in. Oh, gosh, yeah. Right? Yes. Okay, and Amy number two, this is really interesting. I think you can hear when she's the adult, when she's the child in this. She says, I'm a Fanalo because of Barry Manilow Live. I sang my heart out to this for a couple of years. The song with the ads was my favorite. He loved beagles, and I thought that made him a nice guy. <laughs> Singing with him was a happy part of my growing up. Oh, yeah. And that live album, I mean, I would sing mm-hmm. it with my dad and my mom. I mean, it was kind of like you said before, um, Kristen, this multi-generational thing that we could all mm-hmm. get behind. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was really special, too. Yeah. Nobody in the house is going, turn that racket down. Right. Everybody right. was listening and everybody was singing. Sing it, sing Sing it to the world. What's the point in putting it down? There's so much love to share. I'm singing to the do you have some backstory for us? I have Who a little backstory guy? that I find a little uh, interesting. So Barry was born in 1943. Barry Allen Pincus. Barry Pincus. Yes, Barry Pincus. I want to have a dog and name it Barry Pincus. You think it's cute? Okay, because here's me. I'm thinking, I'm glad that we never had to hear Merv Griffin saying something like, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, to sing his number one hit, Mandy, please welcome Barry <laughs> Pincus. No, it's cute for a dog. <laughs> We're for a dog. Yes, Not for a beagle, for, I yeah. guess. Yes. So we Agreed. have Agreed. Um, Barry's grandfather to thank for his name being Barry Manilow. That was his mother's maiden name. That's and a, a few weeks before name. his bar mitzvah, his grandfather took him to have it legally changed to Manilow. At his and bar mitzvah. So he was A few only weeks 13. before. Yeah. So he was oh, only 13. So it's not a stage name. It no. Is. He it changed is. his name. Well, his biological father was an Irish truck driver. His mother was 19 when she got pregnant with Barry and they weren't married. Um, and it was very important to Edna for her son to have a Jewish last name. He needed to have this Jewish sounding last name. So she made um, the husband, because uh, she's going to marry him, go back in his lineage and find a Jewish sounding name. Oh, my God. Pincus. Kidding. They had to go back many generations. Oh, and she made him change it to Pincus. And that's how Barry got his name. It was Kelleher. But she said that was way too Irish that's and stuff. crazy. And her family just hated the father, the biological father, who I think left before Barry was even one. But they often called him the monster and all of this stuff. So Barry had no and didn't see him for the first time until maybe he was like an adult. It was he was he out of the picture. He saw his father for the first time when he was yes. an adult. Okay. Something along those Mr. lines. Mr. So, Kelleher. He saw Mr. Yes. Kelleher for the first yeah. time. So clearly it was very important for his mom that he was Jewish and yes. he couldn't be Jewish enough with his name being Barry Kelleher. Right. Okay. Exactly. And for, for us, because Barry Manilow just rolls off the tongue a lot better than That's Barry awesome Pincus. Name. Yeah, we couldn't have had a, so, we couldn't have had Fanilos. We would have been fingers. I know. Pink- I was trying to. <laughs> Wait, didn't like we call penises kids and We call kids Fink. Didn't you guys call kids no, Pincus, pink? not Finkus. I know, but pinkus. I said, I know, but like how <laughs> oh, Fanalo, fan. Fanalo, we would have been Finkuses. Did you use it. that word Fink, though, in like the 70s? Yeah, sure. I we said did. my teacher, Miss Mathis, was a Fink in my diary. Yeah. What's a Fink? Kind of like a, a dork. Like a, like, a, like a jerk and a dork. Uh, yeah, jerk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I never heard that. She's a Fink. Ew, well, that would have been awful it's like, to be Finkuses. It's a little rascal's term. Okay. Mm. Well, I, I, I hated know. Little Rascals, mm-hmm. so that's probably why. Um. 
So that's kind of fun. So we have Grandpa Manilo to thank for Barry's last name. Okay, good. And you know what else? Who else what? we need to give a shout out? Thank you to Playboy Magazine. What Do you are know you why? Talking oh. about? Fantastic. Well, Barry, you know, he was in this quandary in the mid 60s. He could stay at CBS writing jingles and doing that kind of thing, or he could really go out on the road and try to make a name for himself as a musician. He didn't know what to do. So he goes to the source, Playboy advisor, kind of like a Dear Abby advice oh column. God. And he writes his quandary to them and says, I don't know what to do. What to? What should I do? And they responded, you're young enough. Go sow your wild notes. <gasps> oh, oh wild. cute. Go <laughs> sow your wild notes. notes. That came from Playboy. From Playboy, yes. I so find they, it so interesting that Barry Manilow was like, hmm, who should I ask? <laughs> I know. I'll take my question to Playboy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. There you go. I yep. know. The more you know. Huh. So, so Playboy and his grandfather. I mean, really, Playboy. If they had said, no, stick with your CBS job, we would not even be here right now. We wouldn't have Weekend in New England. Oh, my gosh, my heart. Think about that. What would that, the world be? That's awesome. Well, and I have a fun fact that I think was probably right around that time is that, did you guys know that he has this really great relationship with Bette Midler? And he co-produced the first two Bette Midler albums, The Divine Miss M. And Bette Midler. And on Bette Midler, the second album, he was also the arranger and the conductor. And what year, do you know what years those were? Because oh, he was it. like, so is this early, this is, early 70s? Yeah, I'll pull that like up. 70, 71. Talk amongst yourselves, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I it was before that. his first album, clearly. Yes. Yes. Okay. And That's he when signed he was still his... in the arranging and, okay, and all okay. of that. Composing. Yeah. So the Divine Miss musical M director. is 72. Wow. So that so was that the first is... one. Okay. I have another fun fact. Yeah, tell me. <laughs> you want to hear another fun fact? <laughs> yeah, we'd love okay, to hear another fun fact. I have fact. another fun fact. This, and I do not know how this can be true, but I okay. I, I guess somebody can um, do a fact check. Um, I got it from the MeTV website, which is a really great source for us, and Minneapolis mm-hmm. website. Um, he's oh, only won that. one Grammy. What? He's what? been nominated for many, but the, it said the only Grammy he's won oh is for God. Copacabana in 1979. How is that possible? How wow. is that possible? Number one after number one after uh-huh. number one after number one, and none of those won anything. Yeah. Wow. That is unbelievable. Well, you're getting it right now, Barry. Well, and guess what? He um, almost has an EGOT. Really? He has oh. an Emmy. He has a Grammy. He has an Oscar. No, he was nominated for an Oscar, and he has a Tony. So he um, has not won the Oscar, although he's been nominated. What was he nominated for, for the Oscar? I don't was know. it for his movie Copacabana? <laughs> no, that would have been an Emmy. Oh, guys, that was it oh, Ready that's... to Take a Chance Again for Foul Play? It might have been for the movie. Okay. We'll talk uh, about that later. Yeah, I'll, so I'll I just did a quick that. Google search. How many yeah. Grammys has Barry Manilow won? And it just comes back with a number one. That and is it says a male pop vocal, Male pop vocal performance, 1979, Copacabana. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That was a shocking, but that was a, I don't know if that's a fun fact. It's kind of a tragic fact. That's but. a tragic fact. Yeah. Okay, so he we we get Barry Manilow's first album in 1973, but he signed his first recording contract in 1968 with, did you know this, Tony Orlando. Oh, that's right. Oh, I read I that. With that's Tony so- Orlando. <gasps> I love that connection. I know. That did not take, though. Tony Orlando did not take. He made a couple of albums. They didn't go anywhere. It's not until he meets, drumroll, 
Clive, Clive Davis. Davis, probably. Clive Davis. Yeah. And he and Melissa Manchester were the first two mm-hmm. performers signed to Arista Records, which was started by Clive Davis in like 1973. There would be no Barry Manilow without Clive right, Davis, right. essentially, exactly. because he was recording and he was releasing music and nothing was happening. It was Clive Davis who stepped in and said, dude, you need to sing this. And mm-hmm. he was right. right. He was right. Exactly. Okay. So the question is, which of his songs is the best? It is an impossible question, we know, but we thought we would take a swing at identifying and ranking the 10 best songs of Barry Manilow, according to us, and (laughs) here's how we did it. So, Carolyn and Michelle and I each created our own personal top 10 list of Barry Manilow's songs, based on both personal enjoyment and stories from our past, because just like you... Barry Manilow served as the soundtrack of our lives when we were growing up. It's impossible to recall these events without hearing his voice. Like, what were you doing? Was the radio on? If so, Barry Manilow was there for everything that you did. So the songs on our list are weighted numerically in a way that I can't really explain because I don't really understand it, but it works because STEM, STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math. Um, We also asked our friends and families what their favorites were. And most importantly, we asked our Pop Culture Preservation Society members on Instagram and Facebook what their favorite Barry Manilow songs were. Each of those votes was counted. And then I did lots and lots of math. (laughs) How'd that go for you? I am proud. Good job. Because I did math. (laughs) And this is not, I'm a words girl, not a numbers girl. But man, I was, I was on it. And I am proud. Do you have a little adding and, machine and you wear like a little um, visor and then you pull the little thing down yeah. every time? Mm-hmm. Every time. <laughs> and and I came up with answers. I didn't double check my work because I was afraid I wouldn't get the same answers twice. <laughs> <laughs> so the numbers are what the numbers are. So now, as Casey Kasem would say. Let's get it all started right here. In the number 10 spot, we have not one, but two songs. <laughs> so my highly mathematical calculations have produced a tie. And these two songs both squeaked into our countdown with an equal number of votes. And those two songs are number 10, Daybreak and Somewhere in the Night. You guys, Somewhere in the Night is definitely on my top 10. It's so romantic and so beautiful. I mean, just listen. I don't know if I can say the lyrics without singing them. So you've all been warned for the next like 20 minutes. I don't know. But he says, time. I can't do that. I can't just go, time. You found time enough to love. And I found love enough to hold you. But then when he says, you're my song. Oh, my God. You're my song. But for me, that Somewhere in the Night is the chorus melody the closing our eyes and feel in the light we'll just go somewhere in the night there's something about that song about that chorus especially but the words and everything it just hits me and it gives me that choked up feeling I don't think it's we're so going to need to drop in any music in this episode, because we're just gonna we're just gonna do it. I'm feeling it. I feel like we can that we can handle this my job easier. Yeah. Okay. Daybreak for me. Daybreak is that song that you put on your feeling groovy yeah. slash sunshine day sure, playlist. Yeah. Yes. That playlist that you play when you're just like having such a great day. And to 
to me, this is a video. This needs this needs choreography. <laughs> it's a flash mob. On it. It has people. I know. I'm so there, right? <laughs> the people, they're like walking through Central Park and they're walking mm-hmm. really jauntily and they're all holding hands. And then you then the chorus comes. Oh, and they're in Central Park, by the way. Did I mention that? Yes, you They're did. walking through yes. Central Park. Right. And they're holding hands and then the chorus comes and everyone starts skipping and waving their yes. hands in the air. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I see when I hear For this song. For sure. Little sachets down, oh, down, the, down the path. Around yep. the fountain then. Around and then they're like the crisscrossing fountain. around the fountain. Almost like that yes. big scene in Enchanted. Yes. Oh, I love that I don't scene. remember that, but I trust you. Yes. Oh, it's good. Carolyn, what is in our yes. number nine spot on the countdown? Our number nine spot is Looks Like We Made It. Looks, Looks like, like we made it. it. Oh. Are we going to have to cut all this out? <laughs> number nine is Looks Like We Made It. Looks like we heartbreaking. Are you crying? I could. (laughs) This is another one of my narratives I see in my head. You guys, it reminds me of Dan Fogelberg's Same Old Lang Syne. It's just, we had this thing and we went on with our lives and we have others, but we really want each other and it's not going to happen again because we made it, but we went on. Like, we looks like we made it, left each other sure. on the way, way. to another oh love. God. Yeah, that's oh, we really that's want I just to got be. goosebumps. And I've been hearing this song you for guys, 40 years. You guys, Barry has a lot of these me- this yeah. kind of theme in his songs. Yes. It, it breaks my heart. Like, I wonder if Clive knew something that he could sing from this angst of maybe mm-hmm. not being with the ones he re- one mm-hmm. he really loved. Mm-hmm. Like, he okay. had to. I am, I am making a had connection to hide a lot, here that yeah. yes. they had to hide. They both yes. had to hide. Well, they've been both together for Clive 40 years. Davis and Barry well, Manilow Clive were married too. to women true. and eventually true. came out as gay. Barry Manilow, this is really interesting. He never officially came out. He just quietly married right. his partner of 40 years. Well, right. he officially, did you guys watch, it's a, um, a Today Show interview, or no, it was a Katie Couric interview on her show. I mean, it's from several years ago where yeah. it, he was on the cover of People Magazine and stuff when he finally came out. But that's what he says. He's like, I mean, yeah. this isn't news to me. And it's, I don't even think it's news to my fans. He's like, we've been together 40 years. 40 years. <laughs> but the right. best part of this is that his husband's name is Gary. So they yeah, are Barry and Gary. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that, that the best? so cute. Yeah. Barry that and is. Gary. Looks Like We Made It is a hallmark. The, the chorus in Looks Like We Made It is a hallmark of Barry Manilow mm-hmm. because it is this triumphant chorus. Looks like we made it. Right? It just doesn't get any bigger than that. It's and awesome. it's almost It's almost deceiving because the way that song is, looks like we made it, and you sing it so loud, you're almost fooled by what it's actually about. You know, right. you don't really think of that song as a heartbreak song. It's a heartbreaking no. song. We mm-hmm. made it. After we broke up with each other. But you know what? If you read the last like four lines where he said, um, looks like we made it, or I thought so until today, until you were there everywhere. And all I could taste was love the the way way we we made made it. it. Looks like we made it. Oh, babe, we made it. Oh, Carolyn. Carolyn, I didn't know that part. So, yeah. Mm -mm. Anyway, I just, my heart aches. It really does. Uh, Okay, I'm moving on to number eight. Yes. Okay, number eight was the number one song in November of 1976. And coming in at number eight is This One's For You. 
This one's for you wherever, wherever you, you are. are. You guys, when I was little, Keeps, and I've yes. told you I would listen to these and like make up very <laughs> dramatic, you know, um, I would act out very dramatic scenes. I thought it was so cool that this song was for me. Like I took it so literally and I loved all the songs that were almost, I thought that they were all autobiographical, you know, basically I thought Mm -hmm. they were all stories about Barry Manilow's life. So I just thought he was terribly clever. Um, And also with looks like, or with this one's for you, um, you can't go wrong with the classic seventies fade out at the end, which is in a lot of them. That's also, I believe in somewhere in the night too. Just that, just wins the song over. Oh, when you can't hear it anymore. Yeah. And your heart is just like dying. Mm -hmm. These, the lyrics in this one's for you represent everything that anybody wants from their partner. I sing for you. I sing for you. I I mean, seriously. Oh my God. He sings for me. The concept literally brings me to tears. The song also has some melancholy to it in that this one's for you wherever you are. Wherever you are. They're not together. That they're not. That's the theme of so many of these songs. They're not together. They were, but they're not now. And so I just wonder if there is some person. For you. Yes. I'm now a little tear is trailing down my face. Okay. In our number seven spot, we have... A three-way tie. <laughs> you guys, and this was honestly, Kristen's way to get more Barry Manilow songs in our top ten list. Okay, Brian was giving me shit. Michelle's husband was giving me shit for getting 17 songs in the mm-hmm. top ten. But it's math is math. You it can't is. lie with math. No, math right. is math. Um, and I really, I think that this happened because so many people were not able to choose just one favorite. And I counted them all. If you said your Barry Manilow song, your favorite Barry Manilow song was three different songs, I couldn't throw those votes out, so I counted them all. And so I think that's how we ended up with with ties. Everyone was heard. Everyone was heard. Your voice was heard. Your voice matters. So at number seven, (laughs) we have Ready to Take a Chance Again, Could It Be Magic, and a very special medley, also known as VSM. VSM. Loved them. I Mm -hmm. loved singing VSM. Because, you guys, it was like... All these little boxes were getting checked in my life. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I know that song. I know that song. Yeah. I knew Barry before he was Barry. I can, you yeah. know, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there, and it's still there. It's still here today. Whenever you're driving and wherever you're bound, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. It was amazing to me. That mm-hmm. song, yes. I... Couldn't have loved it more. I, again, thought he was so clever. I knew all the jingles. You guys, I, in this, in VSM, I was always the backup dancer. So I, oh yeah, I was the backup dancer. And so I, yeah, okay. So VSM was on the live album. And remember at the beginning of it, he talks to the audience and he says, Mm -hmm. okay, we're going to, and I would actually like stand, like I was pretending to stand with my hands on my hips and I'd be like (laughs) laughing at the audience and be like, like he looked at me and then. All the, oh, I did, you know, the uh, like background choreography and then just the end, McDonald's, 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 McDonald's. <laughs> you deserve a break today. today. Yeah. Such a fun, what a fun song count. Well, and who would have thought that something like that would have been successful? 
right? Like that wasn't a radio hit, obviously. It was just on the album. And the fact that he included it on the album, who gave the go ahead for that? Like when he went and said, hey, okay, so I wrote all these commercial jingles and I'm thinking of making them into a medley and putting them on on my album. I'm sure the people are like, dude, don't do that. Nobody cares about the Band-Aid song. proud of those jingles they were all wildly popular you guys he's still still getting money from that when you watch tv today you still see an ad that says like a good good he gets money every time you hear that commercial um some of them should not have um ever gone away like Join the Pepsi people all across the nation. It's Pepsi. Jo- that's a great jingle. Yeah, that's a great jingle. And I'm stuck on Band-Aid. It's a great jingle. Yeah. And well, yeah. you Except now they have today. to go, I'm, I am stuck on Band-Aid brand because Brand yeah. stuck on <laughs> <laughs> um, So I included VSM on my personal top 10 list because it is a cultural touchstone for people from our generation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We know those songs. We know those commercials. This is the double album set that my brother bought with his $19 when he was a tiny <laughs> seven-year-old boy. It was based on VSM. He bought it for one reason. Yeah. And it was because we were at our cool aunt's house and it was Christmas and we're listening to Barry Manilow live and he just kept putting the needle down on VSM. Yeah. And he went home and grabbed his money and ran to Sears. And bought that album. There you go. Well, also because as a seven-year-old boy, or for me at the time singing this, as is your brother? Is he my? Is he, he's fifty. Uh, okay, so he's, he's, he's I'm young. right in between. He's okay, 50. so same. So I'm like eight years old then at the time, <laughs> yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So even though I loved all the other Barry Manilow songs, I probably didn't understand a lot of them. Like I said, yeah. I thought "Looks Like We Made It" was like a, a really fun song because I wasn't. Yeah. But VSM, all of us little kids, we connected with that. We totally connected with that. And he will say that that. he had buyer's remorse because he bought it based on the one song. (laughs) And then he listened to all the other songs. They're like, they're freaking love songs. (laughs) He was really bummed. But we still had it on in our house constantly. Oh, yeah. And I'm jealous that he could put the needle on because while it was a double (laughs) album, we owned it as an eight track at my house. And so, yeah, yeah. so Barry was about this bit. You know, he was like four by four. That's a bummer. You You couldn't open it. Yeah, you couldn't open it. Open it, and you couldn't get to all the songs you wanted that easily. You know, oh, that you could. Oh, good. So, Amy number two says she can still sing the whole medley. If so I heard getting, it, we're I might getting be together able to. late, okay. later, and I'm yeah. going to make her do yeah. it. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, we have two other <laughs> number seven songs that we have to get to. Also, ready to take a chance again is the sleeper hit on our countdown. And in November of 1978 and I thought I was the only person who remembered this song from the movie Foul Play with Chevy Chase and Goldie Hawn which is by the way one of the only movies that features a librarian as one of the main characters Goldie Hawn plays a librarian but it popped up enough times to crack the top 10 which I think is great and there's this there's this memory that I have that it turns out other people have too, which is the opening scene of the movie is Goldie Hawn driving her really cute car down the Pacific Coast Highway while Barry Manilow is singing Ready to Take a Chance Again. Mm. And you just know as the movie opens that Goldie Hawn is at a really bad breakup and she's ready to take a chance again. Oh. I know. Yeah. For her. Okay. And Could It Be Magic, the third song at number seven. Could this be the magic at last? 
high on my list. High. And you guys are going to have to work really hard to shut me up right now. I struggled not to put this one at number one. This one is based on Chopin's Prelude in C minor. So if you remember the song that starts with this classical Mm -hmm. piano, like thundering piano chords, it might be the most dramatic pop song ever created. It's right up there with Bohemian Rhapsody in terms of pure, pure drama. Um, All I have to do is think about this song. I don't have to hear it. All I have to do is think about it and I start to cry (laughs) and I have to stop when it comes on. I have to stop whatever I'm doing. Like, like it's the freaking national anthem. (laughs) And I just stand there and let it wash over me. Okay. So um, after he captures your attention with the thundering piano chords of Chopin, he beckons very mournfully. He's starting to turn it into a pop song. And he says, baby, I love you. Come, come, come into come my into arms. My and he builds it into a crescendo of, baby, I want you now, now, oh, now. <laughs> Jesus, hold on fast. <laughs> Christian, do you need to take a moment? Do you need a I'm serious. Rack? It's Colonel. It's Carnal. This song is like because it's reaching. (laughs) Um, It's in the best way possible. This song is about sex and it reaches the climax. And after it reaches the climax of the song, he brings it back down and he ends it with Chopin once again. And he's got the piano and it's very quiet. And he ends it with one lonely, lingering piano chord and that's when i release the big sob that's lodged in my chest i want to watch this in real time i really don't <laughs> we can record <laughs> i'm good i feel like it's, we just did carolyn the song <laughs> is a metaphor true. for coitus okay here's what's interesting that song wasn't even on my top 10 it i will be honest with you it is not one of my top 10 favorites but now i think you gotta I listen to, to it listen again to that maybe with some listen candles burning and feel it building and building wow. <laughs> and he okay her now now <laughs> there you go I oh my god it's quite it's, a list of that michelle what is in the number six spot? okay number six is interestingly enough another tie <laughs> But it's the last one. Math Um, is math. Number six. Math is math. Number six was uh, a song that reached number four in 1981. Interestingly enough, my number two Barry Manilow pick is I Made It Through Through the the Rain. rain. You guys, I can let loose on that, that, especially that final chorus. And then the tied with I Made It Through the Rain is the the only song Barry Manilow won a Grammy for, apparently, and that is Copacabana. I was very proud of myself as a kid because when I learned all the words to this song, I felt like it was such a naughty story and I felt (laughs) scandalous singing it. And so to me, that was kind of a fun. And you guys, I could, man, did I dance to this song? Oh, I bet. (laughs) Okay. And Michelle, um, this was one of your daughter Emily's favorites. Yeah, Michelle for sure. has two daughters, Emily and Maddie. And Emily says, these are her exact words. Mm-hmm. I just love this so much. She says, when I was little, I used to dress up and dance to this and pretend I was Lola. She did. But this is this is the best part. Maddie was Tony. She was four. <laughs> you guys, Maddie was Tony. Maddie wore a Vikings jersey. She wore a baseball cap backwards. And Emily drew a mustache on her face. Maybe. Mm-hmm. And Carolyn, you don't like Copacabana. Why? You got- Oh, 
I I don't even I mean it's it's dumb. The, the <gasps> lyrics are kind of dumb. This isn't Barry. Somebody made Barry sing this song to, just so he could have something. Everybody everybody had to have a disco hit. Yeah, this Come is on, people are flying across the bar. Yes. That's so oh dumb. my god! There's a gunshot. I'm sorry. I'm in New England. Thank you very much. I'm not <laughs> flying across some bar in wherever. It was so I who shot who? We don't That's know. What Why I is there know. shooting? <laughs> they don't need shooting. Barry doesn't need guns and shots. There was or anything. a single gunshot. But who shot, shot who oh. at the Cobra? Dumb, Copa dumb, Cabana. dumb. But I can't really stop. cannot not do it. You know what I want to do when I hear that song is I want to do one of those dances that Derek Huff does on dancing um, on um, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Like the salsa. It, like the. Oh, yeah. They do oh, and he moves his hips and he does his. Yeah. I'm doing it right that. now. In I my guess chair. with big puffy sleeves. And you yeah. guys, they even made it worse and made it into like a TV movie of the week or something. Yeah, I that I did that. not that, need. No, I don't, don't need that. That's too far. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Not a Copa fan will never make my top. 30 berry list. <gasps> I had to double wow. check. Carolyn, when I was doing the tabulations, I'm like, well, wait a second. I don't have Carolyn's on here. And I had to look through your list again to make sure you didn't have Copacabana on there. Because no, you're like, I wait, probably, who did? That's where I had ships. <laughs> the only one that had ships. Oh, that's right. You did okay, have ships. I understand. I understand your love of ships. ships it's just that nobody else knows. At first, I thought you said chips. I was like, oh, I did too. theme song to chips? I, know, I ships. did not know that. That's not true. Um, yeah, ships. I totally understand your love of ships. I think it came late enough in his career that a lot of people didn't catch on in time, so it didn't make I people's guess. lists. It didn't I make guess. people's lists. Another just great narrative, yeah. and that's and a great story. I I understand the when people get upset that people had to do their disco pick, um, but I think that Barry Manilow did it in his own way. He made it a retro contribution and he still made it a story and he He made it from, you know, it was a story from a time gone by. And instead of trying to keep up with those crazy kids in their disco, right, he did it in his own way. And so he told this story that was just so compelling to Mm -hmm. to the rest of us. (laughs) (laughs) Carolyn, you know, she sits there so refined (laughs) and she drinks herself half blind. She lost her youth and she lost her Tony. Now she's lost lost her her mind. mind. But it's guess what? So she still dramatic. Is. She's still at the Copa, <laughs> the Copa Cabana. Next time I do karaoke, I am definitely doing Copa Cabana. Can I do Maybe well, I'm Amy going to the bathroom then. I will not be. In <laughs> I'll there. warn you. I'll warn you. The Amy's will Barry, do it with me. When we go see Barry in Vegas, we'll send you for drinks when he sings. Yes. Yeah, you can do that. Okay, so number five, we have my easy, easy, easy number one pick, and it's number five on our um, on our general. Um, list and, our PCPS and that countdown. is somewhere down the road. But somewhere down the road, our roads are gonna cross again. It doesn't really matter when. You guys, it is my favorite Manilow song to sing. That's probably why it's my favorite because I'm basing them all on which ones do I like to sing. <laughs> it's true. Um, That's I will sing it loudly. I will sing it mm-hmm. proudly. My husband and I will, I mean, our our children will leave the room when we start singing Manilow. But like, <laughs> it's heartbreaking. The lyrics, the melody, it gets me in the heart. It gets me in the church. It was one of my selections in our I'm Not Crying, You're Crying um, yeah. episode. It, it just, it makes me cry. Every time I hear it, it it will never be enough. I will put this song on multiple Spotify playlists. I is something about it. It's the perfect storm yeah. for me. I love it. Um, again, it's that story of um, 
you just kind of missed each other. Like, oh, you know, yeah. maybe down the road. Our roads we'll are going to cross again. Cross it doesn't again. matter when. Right. Because mm-hmm. this was your true love. And I just, uh-huh. I feel like he sang from someplace deep inside that he could relate to this yeah. narrative and story. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. At number four, moving on. This was a number one song on March 17th, 1978. Number four is Can't Smile Without You. And now you know I That was playing at 5.11 p.m. on August 26, 2002, the exact moment that my son Liam was ripped from my loins and took his very first breath. Promise us you will never say the word loins on this podcast. <laughs> yes. He was ripped. He was ripped from my body. Oh, and oh, the reason yes. that I know that, I need to tell you this. The reason that I know he was ripped from my loins is because as this is way too much information. If you could be more as graphic, the doctor, that would be I could see Christmas. the doctor going like this. Oh, she's sewing me up and she says to me as she's sewing me up, oh, my God, he really ripped you up. No. Mm-hmm. All yes, the while Barry is serenading you in yep. the background. Yep. It's true. (laughs) Okay, that's so sweet, though. I know, isn't that sweet? That is. We have that moment. Yeah. We have that moment. And it's just so cosmic. It's just so cosmic because that's true. And it's heartbreaking also, as all of us with children know, that's not necessarily a happy concept. That means that when your children are not doing well, you're super sad and you can't be happy. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. And I think... In that respect, I totally get it. But as I was reading these lyrics, I thought, because I'm going through some therapy now, that this was very <laughs> codependent-ish, really this song. Is. I mean, yes, I can't smile if you're not smiling. <laughs> and um, we, I can't laugh and I can't sing. You, <laughs> I feel sad when you're sad. I feel glad when you're glad. I'm finding it hard to right. do anything. anything. Barry, yeah. get a spine. It's not super healthy. Yeah, it's really but not. But we can healthy. still love it, and yeah, it can Barry, still we can be. Help you with that. Yeah. Call in. Did you guys know um, that Jerry Lewis? I now, when I know it, I can totally hear it. That Jerry Lewis would sing this song on the Muscular Dystrophy Association telethons. Um, one and of he my would change the words. Oh yes. Oh, oh yeah, me that's a too. Good show. That, oh, and he would change the words to encourage people to send in their pledges. Well, if I could hear it, I'd probably know. What did he say? Do you know? You know why? I'm making this up. You know why I can't fight muscular dystrophy without you. I can't fight muscular, muscular dystrophy, dystrophy without you. Oh, gosh. Well, I we, wonder. My um, sister and when I, I, that was that we got to stay up all night. Oh, oh, well, I can take you a step further. I had my coffee can with the little thing cut out in the top, and I went door to door. I probably sang that song. And then we would go to KPRC Channel 2 (gasps) in Houston and dump our stuff in, you know, and make that thing. Because when they went local, you'd hope that maybe you would make it on. And my dad would drive us in our Ford Galaxy 500, and I'd have my big Folgers, you know, tin can, and that I would dump that upside down. And yeah, hope to get on TV. I love it. Yeah. Did you I ever don't... have um, a carnival, a muscular dystrophy carnival? Yes. Actually, you did? now that you say that, I think we had it. At my, well, my sister and I, I think, did it in our front yard. Okay. Like a thing like that, that yeah. we, and we did silly games and the neighborhood kids had. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to call my sister about that because. I'm, I'm saying this because I'm jealous because I didn't understand the mechanics of it. And I wanted to go to one or have one, but I yeah. just saw it on TV and I didn't know I what think... number to call. Wait. 
I Carolyn, think that you, I think you <laughs> could send a, oh my gosh, this is like one of those, is this a memory that I've always had, but would have never remembered had you not brought this up? I think you sent away to, for like the carnival a kit. kit. Yes. Yes. Oh yes. You gosh. sent away and for a kit. It, and it came with like little tickets and little things yep. you could use to set it up. And I think we did it in my garage. Oh my gosh. Yes, you guys. I did. We need did. photographs. This was you fantastic. You had yes. a muscular dystrophy carnival. I love I it. I did. And I sent away for the thing. Oh, I'm so I'm cool. You are cool. You're a giver. You are a philanthropist. Yes, I'm, you I'm were, been a giver. You, are, yeah. you still are. And you were all the way when you were a child. That's so awesome. I need yeah. pictures because we need to I'm post gonna, those. That's fabulous. Yes. I'm going to have to find that. Although I would have never remembered. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. That's Thank what you. I'm here that for. makes me really mm-hmm. happy. Yes. Um, Carolyn, what's our number three song? You know what? Our number three song is my number one song. <gasps> and this would be I Write the Songs. I actually I would have thought this was before Mandy for how it is in my head so much uh, this is Barry if someone says Barry Manilow I write the songs that's what comes to mind that's my number one I love that song I love it and it was on just about everybody's yeah it was my husband's number one song too um and I remember when I was a kid also again thinking what a terribly clever song for you to write I know but turns out he didn't write it Mm mm-mm Right. Uh, I'm glad I didn't know that then, though. Yeah, no, that's one of them he didn't write. He There was but always a few on each album that he didn't write, but he that's one that he didn't. But mm-hmm. um, let's, can we all just forget about that and pretend that he did? Well, it's not really, this is what I'm learning, and I, and, I, and I am giving credit to Barry Manilow for this little nugget of knowledge that I have, that writing the song is one aspect of it. Where, right. Banny, where, Banny, where Barry Manilow <laughs> excelled was in the arrangement uh-huh, uh-huh. and the interpretation of the song. So you can take any other song, he, so you could take a Barry Manilow song, have somebody else sing it, and it's a flop. But mm-hmm. you have him do it, and it becomes something else entirely, and it's a huge hit. And part of it is that voice and the way he sings it and uh-huh. the emotion he brings to it and the orchestration that he gives to it. Uh-huh. So there's one example that I'll give later on. That I was I about to say, I was example. about to say, there's a th- song coming up that that's just yeah. illustrated so perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Well, it's that magic of Clive Davis that we saw in that that's documentary, yeah, really that is. gift of matching a song mm-hmm. to the performer. To I the think. performer. For yes. sure. Some of those Whitney yeah. Houston ones. It's just, uh, that man was a genius. He, yeah, he really was. was. Or is. Well, is, is. Yeah. yeah Cause is. he's still working. They say yeah. in that he'll never retire. No. Yeah. I mean, he's pretty old, but man, He's, he's, still he's been a gift to all of us because what he's cre- what he cre- yeah, when you watch created that. for all of us mm-hmm. is amazing. For me, I write the songs as a roller skating song. Really? Um, yeah, I know. Isn't that strange? But that's just how memory works, right? Yeah. Like it was playing like at in the, the rink? roller rink. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not – roller skating is not my forte. I was not a good roller skater even though I really, really loved the roller rink. But I was that girl on at the wall going like this with my hands <laughs> along the wall. We're going to go and this just, summer. Oh, when yeah. we can all be together again, which is soon I'm you wearing guys. wrist guards for sure. Oh, I'm wearing body And so guard. I would, you know, I'm be doing, and I can't do crossovers or anything like that. But Barry Manilow was there at the roller rink with me. <laughs> this is also a song that is chock full of key changes. And I swear mm. it's the inspiration of, do you remember how Bill Murray has a character on Saturday Night Live where he's a lounge singer? Yes. Oh, and yes. he'll announce in the middle of a song, he'll yes. go, key change. Yes. I swear I write the songs as the inspiration for that. Well, I wanted to add that 
um, you said it was your roller rink song. And for me, I think it's my curling iron song because I remember I would use my curling iron as a microphone because it had the cord. Because, you know, you could flip the cord and that kind of thing with it. And it was kind of shaped like a microphone. So and it lent itself to like lounge singing was my thing with the cord. So this was my curling iron song. Was this this song not on anybody's list? I mean, that's that's I know it was on both. um, When well, I guess I guess we only gave big lists. Yeah, we yes, we only gave everybody all had this song on their list mm-hmm. yes and like carolyn said it is kind of the first song that people think of when they think mm-hmm. of very alone okay the number two song came to us by many different names it was listed on so many people's lists but no matter what they called it i always knew what they meant my brother called it when will i hold you again mm-hmm. some people <laughs> called it time in new england but the official title is at number two weekend in new england and tell me when we So the drama of this song paired with the imagery of long rocky beaches and you by the bay. I mean, the, Carol, it is such cry. an atmospheric. I feel song. the waves on my. Like, yeah. I feel the air, the <laughs> salt air. My hair is kind of crazy. into a swimsuit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got like a big fishing oh, yeah, you have like a sweater big, on. Yes, yes, you do. Yes. yes, you have like an Aaron Isle like sweater a, on. Yes. Like yes, yeah. and then you have mm-hmm. like a big wool blanket around you. Yeah, too. I bet um, you have a red kerchief in your hair too. Because, oh, you know, the wind mm, is blowing in your hair right. while you're at the rocky beach. beach. Yes. And it's such an urgent song. When? When will our eyes Oh, Kristen, meet? don't start again. When I swear can I to t- God, I, know, I can't take I know. it anymore. When can I touch you? <laughs> when will this strong yearning <sighs> end? It captures longing like no other song i swear to god and then and then i could see your face though you guys seriously i'm not just being mean to Kristen, but you should see her face she's very very serious about these lyrics i am this is going to be a new form of karaoke for me where i get up and talk about a song (laughs) it's like slam poetry yes it is it's my new job it's my new job so okay okay so after after he feels a change coming Right? The song builds to a crescendo where he feels brave and sure. With you, there's a heaven. So earth ain't so bad. bad. And then, of course, we have key change. (laughs) And the final (laughs) chorus. The final chorus. It starts to trail off with, and when will I see you? And the music builds. It builds. It builds. It builds. And then super quietly. Again. beautiful it's, and then we all cry okay carolyn's doing a little genuflecting right now you guys do you remember on um uh, well now it's hoda and jenna but when it was like hoda and kathy lee the tissue box comes down from oh the top. yes we, Karen, where's our tissue box your, mine's right over that. here yes. I'll grab mine. Here's mine. You guys, I know. It really is it really is just an absolutely beautiful story yeah it is yes it really is mm-hmm. Maybe we need to do like a little follow-up, some fan fiction where I can see they saw each other again. Now they're retired in a cute little, you know, uh, shake little shingled house on yeah. the coast and they have That's matching really rocking idea, chairs actually. and 
they've had four kids oh and God. one's a doctor and one Carolyn, you're on to something. you got to do Barry Manilow fan fiction. <laughs> you're killing me right now. They all have to have a happy. They live on Martha's Vineyard, yes. or maybe maybe it's Nantucket. And make sure you use the word crescendo a lot. Yes, a lot of crescendo. Yes. Builds yes. to a crescendo. Yes, you can use climax interchangeably with crescendo. Yes, I, whichever. Yes. Like, yes. yes. Okay, so okay. I I went to New England in the summer of 1977, and seriously, I just put this together now, like today, when I was putting together this outline, I'm just now realizing how significant it was that I went to New England in 1977 because my parents were singing this song on the drive, in the car, on the drive to New England with extra gusto. Oh, like like oh, they no. had this inside joke. Extra and, but I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know at the time what New England was. <laughs> we were going uh, to Massachusetts. Yeah. Yeah, well, so I didn't still, know what that it New applied England? to us. It's, yeah. I'll tell you because there's a big argument in my house over which okay. states are actually considered New England because my dad is from New England. Oh. Um, but we were going to Massachusetts and they would sing the song and they would laugh. And I'm like, what's so funny? <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> I don't understand. Did they sing the BG song? Massachusetts while you're no they never did I I think they missed that period of time and also that was not on the radio when I was around so I think the reason they had access to this song primarily is because of the radio playing because we were in the car listening Uh to Barry Manilow on the radio Uh love it okay I just gotta collect myself now (laughs) gotta gotta come down because now it is time for the number one Barry Manilow song as voted by us (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not just us and listening. you yes. the pop culture preservation society drum roll please the number one song is mandy Number one. I but. was thinking it was gonna be it wasn't my number one either, but I was thinking it was gonna be on there. I never realized how happy you made me, oh Mandy. Well you came and you gave It was it, Mandy and Weekend in New England were easy, easy, easy. They were they far outran yeah, they did, yeah. all of the other songs. And for me, my number one and number two were Mandy and Could It Be Magic? And I realize now that the reason I had those at number one and number two was because they are a medley on Barry Manilow Live. He mashes oh, those two right. songs oh. together on Barry Manilow Live. Okay. Yeah, I, I, Mandy's definitely on my top 10 list, but not near the top. But I, strangely, my memories of Mandy are more tied to my husband and probably at the time my, I mean, we've been dating since college, since 1988, so forever. Um, but, um, my memories are more tied to him singing it loudly. <laughs> Which is why Which you got the, because he not only knows yeah. the lyrics to Manilow mm-hmm. songs, but loves to sing them just as loudly as I do, is one of the many reasons, yeah, that's I married right. him. But um that's kind of why it's on my list. Not because I ha- I don't really have a memory of childhood tied to this one. Um, but when I hear Mandy, I hear my husband just singing it at the top of his voice. So that's so sweet. Well. And if you listen to episode seven. 
of the podcast called I'm Not Crying, You're Crying, um, which was about the songs from our childhood that made us cry. You know that my mom practiced playing this song on the piano at night after I'd gone to bed. And I would lie there all cozy and tucked in in my bed, oh, and I would listen right. to the romantic despair of this song yeah, coming from right. my mom's piano. <sighs> Including all of the mistakes. So I memorized the song with her mistakes in it. So yes. it would be like, I remember all my life. Ah, God! <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I know where all the mistakes are in Mandy. <laughs> and it was on everybody's list. Everybody's list. Man, woman, young, old. Yeah. Clearly Mandy made an impression on us all. Okay, so the original song was called Brandy, and this is where I learned about Barry Manilow's gifts for arranging and interpreting. Mm-hmm. Because the original song, Brandy, they played a snippet of the original on the Clive Davis documentary, and I swear to God, it sounds like a fucking hoedown. <laughs> it is not <laughs> What was that? I don't know it's if I like, got hoedown, sure my yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was <laughs> yeah, it was so dumb and so dumb. And so Barry Manilow is like, hey, what if we slowed it down? Mm-hmm. What if we mm-hmm. gave it this, you know, these honeyed tones and what if? And there you have it. Now we have the biggest Barry Manilow song of all time, according to us. But what's interesting is why did he need to change it from Brandy to Mandy? Oh, because and- of the song brandy oh because it was already girl. like copy what a good oh, wife right, right, you yeah. would be yeah mm-hmm. um carolyn we noticed um brian and i noticed that mandy is one of your husband's andy's favorites i think it's his number one favorite and so um brian and i were wondering if you guys ever sing it oh andy <laughs> well you yes do you actually well, I, yes. Yes. Yeah. I will do that and he'll just like kind of turn away he sometimes See, he doesn't play too, into it he's too cool for school no. sometimes mm-hmm. but in the car when he can't escape right. then i have like his un you know uninterrupted whatever i don't know what i'm saying there but you he know what can't I'm escape you know what yeah this yes. summer when we can all be together i'm gonna give him some whiskey and put him around a bonfire with brian and they'll just let him turn loose. Yes. Yeah. You yeah. might regret yeah. that, but it would be super fun because <laughs> he would be so into that. We're going to have fun. our own personal karaoke. Yeah. 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 That would be fun. And sometimes I'll let someone else have the microphone. And I'll be there the whole time <laughs> making Instagram reels of all of it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> And I'll do my fan fiction after someone sings, I'll say. You're doing that. I am. You're doing that. 20 years later. It's so funny. 40, whatever. Hey, we're putting it on the block. In their cedar shake covered house on Manhattan. And that, my friends, concludes our countdown of the top 10 Barry Manilow songs of all time. In all the land, mm-hmm. the land surrounding this area right here, all the around land. my desk and around <laughs> Michelle's desk and my Carolyn's closet. desk, Carolyn's <laughs> closet and Michelle's closet. Thank yes. you so much for joining us. And remember to keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. Join us next time when we will be preserving David, Mary, Joni, Susan, Nancy, Elizabeth, Tommy, and Nicholas. It's our favorite family of eight. Eight is enough. And if you know a fanalo who would enjoy this episode, please share our countdown with them and make sure to tag us if you do, when you do, and follow us on social media if you aren't already. Our Instagram community is especially a fun bunch. Yes, they are. Indeed. And in the meantime, let's raise our glasses for a toast, courtesy of Jack Tripper, Janet Wood, and Chrissy Snow. To good times.
to happy days. To Little House on the Prairie. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Information, opinions, and comments expressed on the Pop Culture Preservation Society podcast belong solely to me, the Crushologist, and Carolyn and Hello Newman, and are in no way representative of our employers or affiliates. And though we truly believe we are always right, I guess there's always a first time. The PCPS is written, produced, and recorded at Modern Well, a woman-centered co-working space in Minneapolis, Minnesota, home of the fictional WJM Studios and our beloved Mary Richards. Nanu Nanu, keep on trucking, and may the force be with you. We get a happy feeling when we're singing a song